Hello and welcome to this episode of Paranormal Hotline. Paranormal Hotline is a weekly podcast where we meander through myths and memoirs with a mission to seek out mis- messages and monsters, manifestations and mirages, maybe. My moniker is Oshin and I'm co- joined by my co-ghost, Kaylee. Hello. How are you? Has anything spooky been happening? I'm good. Uh, no, nothing spooky. Thank God. How about you? That's good. Um, this is a shit story. Oh. Just putting that up front. Wait, you have um, the story of a paranormal story this week? I thought it was paranormal, okay. but then it wasn't. Oh well, that's a bit but, shit. Uh, then. <laughs> I think I've said it. Th- I think I've had a very similar story before. Is this just another dog looking upwards? No, it's not a dog looking up. Okay. No, I was driving. We were doing a get in into town, um, bringing in a bunch of stuff, and so part of it was we had to drive and fill up, load up this van, and the weather wasn't great, very cloudy, and we were driving, and I was on like this little black ba- this back road, going slow, and then. In the clouds, I saw these lights moving around, and I was like, "Shit, this is it! <laughs> it's uh, I'm gone." You know, I'm going to be you're going to be abducted <laughs> while yep. like hauling a load of Viking stuff around with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I was going to to get the stuff. At least you're ready for but Valhalla, then, well, you know. I, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm go. I'm going with a fight, and <laughs> you know, I'm awaited. But um, when we went and got to pick up the stuff, one of the guys who had been in town and kind of we have this winter festival every year, Winterval. Yeah. And part of it is this light show. And he was like, hey, have you seen the lights from the light show? I was like, oh, fuck. That's it, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I've seen the lights as well. Every time they, they bring the lights out, um, I always think it's something in the sky initially. Because I'll just <laughs> see a light fly across the sky and I'll be like, whoop, that was an alien. Anyway, uh, you kind of know what this alien, what this alien, what this episode is going to be on about or about because uh, you put me onto it. Yeah. But I don't think you know anything actually about it do you no not really i started reading this story and then i was like i need to send this to ushin because it sounds like the most ushin story ever um and I, i've only i only know the very start of it pretty much good because it is wild so mike markham maybe a time traveler maybe an inventor of a time machine uh, let's jump in and talk about that <laughs> the year is 1994 in stansted uh, in stanbury missouri usa a man mike markham was building a Jacob's Ladder on his porch. As you do. <laughs> as you do, yeah. He was twi- as you do. <laughs> I don't know about you, but, you know. He was 21 at the time, and he had, like, done two years electrical training in a college uh, in his home state of Ohio. Do you know what a Jacob's Ladder is, Kaylee? Yes. Kind of, yeah. It's like the... Cool. Yeah. It's the thing. The, the, the so pl- far- plasma goes up the ladder? Is it plasma or is it electricity? Kind of, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Uh, kind of both It's an arc It's an arc <laughs> So it's, it's like a long spark I actually have a bit about it For our listeners Oh So It's like The classic science looking thing Listener it, Go imagine to yourself Frankenstein's laboratory Now imagine Like two metal rods Next to each other They're sticking all the way up Now imagine Electricity jumping between them And going up their length Going like bzzz, bzzz, bzzz. That's Jacob's Ladder <laughs> That was a really really good impression Of electricity by the way Yeah I've been practicing. <laughs> I looked him up. Seattle University has a science thing to say about it. Jacob's Ladder, more formally known as a high-voltage traveling arc, is, well, a high-voltage traveling arc. <laughs> when the voltage difference between the two electrodes exceeds the breakdown voltage, a spark forms. In this case, the spark forms between the vertical wires or the electrodes, near the bottom where they are closest. The spark rapidly changes to an electric arc. 
a matter of nomenclature at this point, as the spark is generally very quick and temporary occurrence, while an arc is a sustained discharge. The arc heats and ionizes the air in its immediate vicinity. The ionized air maintains the arc, but the heat causes the ionized air to rhyme. Thus, the arc rises with the heat, the heated and ionized air, becoming less and less stable as it climbs and the separation between the wires increases until the arc finally breaks. Then it starts again at the base. Uh, so that's some science. It's basically um, the same thing that I said, really. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> that's all you need to know. <laughs> that's all you need to know. Um, he's out there making one because he can. Can't say I blame him. Um, I always wanted to build like a Wimhurst influence machine. But I don't have a port, so I haven't got round to it. Yeah. I don't know what that is, but okay. <laughs> uh, it's a thing for making static electricity from like Victorian times. Oh, cool. Yeah. Very nice. I won't get into it. Um, in an interview, he said, I'm basically a nerd. I was making a fancy Jacob's Ladder that was started via laser pulses. Basically, a fancy light show. Living in a small town in the middle of nowhere with no internet or cable, you get bored. Some people build models or go fishing. I like to build electronic things. Essentially, what made this one different than the one in your average laboratory demonstration is he, ha- he was using like a laser from a compact disc um, player or router and he was using that to heat the air and cause the arc to travel up upward so he could kind of trigger it or like have it more consistent or some such. This sounds dangerous. Can you die from this? Oh yeah. Like, I assume you can. Um, it uses like huge voltages normally to make a spark like that. Yeah. Um, which aren't safe. Like, um, there's a rule of thumb that says volts hurt but amps kill. Oh, right, yeah. But I mean, still you wouldn't be well. No, I wouldn't say so. You know, th- this reminds it's- me of like this awful idea I had when I was like 16. <laughs> oh God almighty, what was it? Do I even want to so know? I once- <laughs> no, you don't. I once saw this design for like a lightning gun. Oh And it was my using God. a laser. It was using a laser like this. Right. So what it would do, it like it would heat and ionize, ionize the air between <laughs> like the gun and whatever you were pointing it at. Yeah. And then it would shoot a bolt of electricity and the electricity would like in theory travel down the path that it just made because it was because it was ionized it was like the path of least, least resistance, resistance for the electricity yeah yeah um so in theory like this is like future weapons and like that's supposedly how that was meant to work but like it would be handy for like tasers you wouldn't yeah, need yeah, to yeah. shoot those things anymore no was see i came across this because i was there i thought i could make a better taser um <laughs> i'm glad i never I, this never got like off my my, my maths notebook pages i'm sure there because, was somebody along the way who went no you're not building that right uh no i found out about the laser thing and i was like oh i can't like oh i can't get my hands on a laser this is a much better way i was trying to like combine like two water guns oh my god and a taser essentially so it would like shoot two streams of water that would act as like well first of all it would have to be like uh water with salt in or something yeah. so it would conduct electricity <laughs> better and then like yeah, it would conduct le- water tru- electricity through the water streams, um, but like water doesn't really like staying in a stream when you shoot it out of a water gun. Anyway, awful idea. <laughs> um, I didn't do it, thank goodness, because um, it would have been lethal to operate it. Mike Markham, he fires up his like laser initiated, laser controlled, whatever Jacob's ladder, and something strange happens. A small ball of heat is generated and hovers in the air, just above the ladder. Kind of like you know when the the ground is warm, like and you can see it on like the road or on the path. Yeah, yeah, like a you heat kind of get haze. The heat haze. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. So he he explained after a few pulses, uh, the laser somehow got stuck in continuous mode. This in turn made the arc stick at the bottom of the electrodes. I noticed right above the arc there was the usual heat shimmering, but what was unusual about it was 
it was circular, a sphere shaped, uh, sphere shaped instead of random. Uh, an article in Nexus magazine reports it as the size of a dime, which is about 17 millimeters in diameter. So, um, so very small. Yes. Yeah, so the first, this, this case is quite small, but he picks up a metal screw from his kitchen table because that's like the best place to do science, <laughs> and he tosses it in, and it vanishes. Oh. And then the screw reappears a couple of feet away. Oh, so it, like, teleported. Kind of, but I think there's a delay. Okay, okay. Ah, interesting. And then he does it a couple times more with the same result. The screw vanishes into the shimmer, and then it unvanishes a few feet away from the machine on the kitchen table. The device then overloaded and caught fire, as the laser was not supposed to be running continuously with the amount of power it was being supplied. Yeah. (laughs) Not shocked (laughs) in that part. No, no. I wonder if it's like, um, do you think it's like, because if he's putting the screw through the time travel thing and it goes into the future or whatever, wouldn't the earth have moved a little bit? So it would come a, it, like a meter or two maybe. to the other side? <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's, you know, that's, that's my big thing whenever people are talking about time travel. That's what I always say. Yeah, I know you do because you've brought it up multiple times. It's such an annoying argument. <laughs> But it's true. Like, it depends. It really depends how. Like, do you do you travel relative to to like? It does space? depend. Like later on, you know, he he, he ends up going on. Uh, one of the listeners on coast to coast goes in and and like faxes in that fact, going, you know, is this be taken into account? Maybe this is why, or you know, you have to bear in mind like anything because it's fine for for short times. Yeah, you know, small jumps in time. But if like as soon as you're like back to the future, even if you jump like I would say a week. <laughs> you're in space like or maybe even like a day I suppose the earth is rotating the earth is going around the sun and then the sun is going around like the next big gravity thing like yeah. galactic central point like yeah we're moving so or, fast that we, we don't even realise yeah. it as to what was happening he had this to say at first I considered simple light bending or invisibility that idea was disca- discarded after I realised I would still hear the screw drop and it reappeared, reappeared silently Time warping was really the only possibility I could think that fit the observations. Is he sure he wasn't picking up the same screw or like a different screw every time? You know, like he <laughs> sounds like he imagine? had more than a few screws. <laughs> he might have. Well, and loose or not, I don't know. Yeah. His machine was destroyed, but he so he wanted to rebuild it to try it again. But then while he was at it, he was also like, I need to scale it up. And he was like, I'll scale it up a hundred times. He wanted to build a much larger device something that if his theory was true he could use to travel in time himself oh my god <laughs> how big does this need to it's be like, it's gonna be huge it is huge for this he'd need a lot more electrical power and much higher voltages and to achieve this he needed transformers robots in like, disguise uh, no no the ones that you see on electricity poles not the robots in disguise really. <laughs> there were some nearby in uh, King City and they were like, you know, they were just going unused in a substation on the ground, like they were just laying around. Uh, so he went and brought them home. It cost him the low, low price of crime. <laughs> Each weighed between uh, 250 and 350 pounds. That's like 113. I mean, he's, he's basically recycling, kilograms. really, isn't he? He is. He is. <laughs> he got six of them. Oh my god! Does he need that many, or is it just like for backup? That's a lot of transformers, no? That's a lot of transformers. I mean, if you got them, smoke. True, true. Over the next few weeks, he started hooking him up to his new Jacob's Ladder, and uh, then he was arrested by the local sheriff's deputies. Of course, of course. So, um, like while he was testing it and building this up, 
Turns out that all this power drains it from the local grid. So when he'd fire it up, the lights in the houses of like the surrounding blocks would go dim. Oh my, that is so funny. <laughs> and it's like someone reported him. He was about to start like buying parts and then building the laser part of this. So he just had like, I think at this, at this moment, essentially what he had was a working Jacob's Ladder, you know, a common one. And he was just powering it off. I think it was one transformer. And like when the police came, he had like one, another one in the front room. Just powering like, his surround sound system. Uh, He's got it blaring. <laughs> the boys come in anyway and they arrest him. And he doesn't think that they're going to take him seriously. So he tells him that he's building a time machine. But what happens is, like, while he's arrested and stuff, one of the officers, no one really knows who, let it leak to the press that he said that he built it, he was building a time machine. <laughs> and like that, it was, like, it public. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, He goes... Some word got out to the AP wire that a Missouri guy was building a time machine. They were probably thinking before that I was just a typical thief out to make a quick book from the copper and the transformers. If you're enjoying the podcast, think about helping us out by checking out our Patreon. We're an independent podcast so we don't get funding from anywhere else. It all adds up and helps. If you're not in a position to support us that way, you can help us out for free by rating the podcast wherever you listen to it and by letting people know about it. So, whatever way you support us, thank you. And if you're enjoying listening, thank you again. So, kind of, after his prison stint and the newspaper articles, a couple of television and radio stations interviewed him about his his, his experiments with time. But then, uh, he received, at one point, a telephone call from Art Bell of Coast to Coast AM. Hey! How Art Bell found out was a few of his listeners from different parts of the country faxed him a few newspaper articles about me. Before I was on, I'd never heard of Art Bell as I don't listen to much AM talk radio. So March 1995, Markham phoned in to Coast to Coast AM and was interviewed on the show. In the interview, he explained the situation and the details of his first experiment. He also gave out his phone number and his address. Oh my God. He, he, like he had moved to St. Joseph looking for work, but then he had to move again after, like, after the interview. Because he doxed himself. Yeah, on the radio. Like, that's a really yeah. popular show, too. I know, yeah. So, like, I think he was, like, basically answering phone calls straight for, like, three days, like, with no break. <laughs> Jesus. And then, but people were, like, coming up to to his to his door. <laughs> oh, my God. Art Bell gave him the nickname Madman, and that's kind of stuck. I think originally he wasn't cool with it, and then it kind of just, he kind of adopted it. There's nothing you can really do with a nickname. You just kind of got to accept no. it. <laughs> that's it. He said, I had to move from St. Joseph because after giving my address on Art Bell, I was losing sleep, literally. (laughs) People were knocking on my door day and night wanting to time travel. You would not believe how difficult it is explain this to people who show up at your door wanting to go back to avert some tragic event X number of years ago. People tend to get their knowledge from too much Hollywood and not enough libraries. Oh my God, no. They were like trying to fix things in the past by going to him. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. brutal. That is and rough. Like ask, and like asking for like lottery numbers as well. But like, yeah, but sure. Like, he if, had, he, if he had the lottery numbers, he would have gotten them himself. Like. Precise, you know. <laughs> Such um, a stupid. And that's that's something in particular about this time travel. It seems that he can only go forwards. Yeah, they do say that about so, time travel, don't they? That it's only ever possible to go forward. The only sort of like thing that we have for time travel at the moment, kind of like where it's included in what theories that we do have. So like you know, uh, relativistic physics and stuff has always been like the faster you go the slower time is yeah yeah I've heard that one before right the classic one is like if you like whip around a black hole yeah essentially time moves at regular pace for you but relative to that time actually moves fast outside 
what's what like if you head out for you know a one year trip in your spaceship or whatever you come back and thousands of years have passed it's creepy it's almost similar to the uh to the Irish myths where people go to Tiernanog and then come back and thousands yeah. of years had passed or like hundreds of yeah. years. So when he was in St. Joseph, he started um, to legally build a time machine this time. There's an interview here from uh, with uh, Claudius Anderson, who was just someone there that he met and kind of made friends with, uh, who, and he showed it to her. And uh, she said, It was rather impressive considering he made workable equipment out of spare parts from other items. He turned it on and it made the lights dim quite a bit. Then the accident occurred. I crushed, and then he goes, I crashed a chunk of the St. Joseph power grid. A power surge caused a transformer bushing to crack and short circuit. If I recall right, 20,000 homes with no power. Oh my God. (laughs) That's a lot of homes um, with no power. (laughs) Yeah. Luckily, they chalked it up to the heat at the time, as I was still on probation, and the probation officer would not have approved (laughs) like, <laughs> he put how lightly can you put it like you'd wonder if there's any ways way that he can like test the method legitimately like you know in a, in a lab or something but just build it small like this is what I don't get why does he have to like build it bigger because he wants to jump through it <laughs> I, that's true yeah but like but like just proof <laughs> just make a small one and stick your finger in it like <laughs> fortunately the power outage couldn't be traced to Markham he's off the hook wow I wonder who else it was. <laughs> so for all of like all of the doxing and this and that that happened to him, I suppose not the doxing, but the people knocking on his door, there is a benefit to all of his attention. He got donations of money and equipment to continue his work from listeners to Coast to Coast AM. Of course. Before I moved, because uh, he moved to Kansas City, before he moved, uh, before I moved, I got some capacitors, heavy gauge cables and whatnot, he said. Honestly, half of it I couldn't really use for my experiments, but I took it anyway, as I didn't want to turn down a gift. So he moves to Canva City, where these benefactors pay for him to have a warehouse. Oh my god. In a donation, so he's not working out of his apartment. This is this is the power of the free market, Kaylee. Yeah, these people got too much money, man. <laughs> but like, so, did anybody um, else, buddy else actually witness the time travel, or was it just him? Just, uh... Like, is this all just, just him, so him far. saying he just, did this? Yes, just him so far. There is... So he has these guys donating him, donating to him as he builds this bigger machine. And I've read some accounts or some claims that these, like, benefactors were invited to the warehouse to see tests being done. We'll get back around to it, but there is no evidence of this. All right, okay, okay. So after the power outage situation, uh, his landlord evicted him. Yeah, I can understand that. <laughs> um, unrelated, because they didn't know it was him. Oh, okay. oh, yeah, um, that's true. Actually, it was reported in the he, like, and he, you know, he disappeared for a little while because of, after that, there's a New York Times article, uh, like a story from the eighth of December, '96, and it goes: In late September, Markham vanished, and the St. Joseph News Press chillingly reported that he'd been evicted from his apartment, allegedly for transporting a cat a block away. What? He put his cat in there? Oh my god, I'm so glad the cat is still alive. Markham resurfaced last month, taking umbrage that the cat deal, it just ain't true. Okay, okay, thank god. As for his gizmo, as they call it, he plans to test it as soon as he solves the sticky problems of controlling when and where it sends him. Uh, Right now he said, 
this would only make a good garbage disposal. I mean, could you imagine if we built a time machine and all we did was shove our rubbish into it? <laughs> it's like, that's the future's problem. That's the future, yeah. <laughs> They'll yeah. figure out something to do with it in the future. <laughs> yeah, um, I've seen, like, there's other accounts of this story have said, like, they pushed a couch through a portal, kind of testing it, and the cat just so happened to be on the couch. Of course, yeah. Um, but I think that's very much an urban legend. Yeah, sounds like it. I wouldn't put it past a cat just climbing into it, though, because cats no, are not like that. Other bits I've read has been like his friends played a prank on him by hiding his couch. Okay. I think I think that ties in with this. I think a cat. A, this is what I don't get. A cat, like you transport a cat a block away. A cat's going to wander a block. Yeah. Where's yeah. the cat? I don't know. Oh. Whiskers has gone on a walk. Yeah, you know that's true. Anyway, in December '96, uh, he was interviewed again on Art Bell's show, and he said he was about thirty days away from completing his new time machine. He would not test it properly until 1998. So, like we were saying, he got donations. He got like in cash a total of around twenty thousand dollars. He got his warehouse space and tons of parts and equipment. Uh, in in an article, Mike reckoned that the total equipment value was in the millions. Oh my God. Wow. So people really believed this guy. Mm-hmm. He built his final machine raised into the air in the in, in the warehouse that like was off the ground. How do you get into um, it then? Uh-huh. You got to like pole vault into the time nah, machine. He, he, he had a cherry picker. That's very like Stargate is what I'm picturing, you know? Yeah, Stargate, you go into it sideways. This, the vor- like it seems like the vortex or whatever it is is down the way. Oh. He said, uh, it was far from a simple Jacob's Ladder at that point. Um, and when this larger machine, when he turns it on, it had the same heat signature thing going on, but it was now four feet across. Oh. He was now ready to test it. He says, Nothing is 100% certain, but I was over 95% sure after a few weeks of guinea pig tests, which were actual guinea pigs <laughs> that he was throwing from a cherry picker. Oh my God. What happened to the... Oh, I don't even want to know. Never mind. Test after test found the guinea pigs he tossed into the heat signature... He found him in the parking lot. In the parking either lot? To the w- in the parking lot, either to the west of the building or the east, but never north or south. He was wondering if this had something to do with the Earth's magnetic field. Basically, it was guinea pigs from the inside of the warehouse to the parking lot outside, right before I tried it myself. What you need to do is set it up next to a bank, teleport <laughs> yourself into the bank vault. Boom. Yeah, just like bank falls closed. I don't know how you get back just, out, but no. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think about that part. I'm here to make a withdrawal of myself. In 1998, he goes and tests it on himself. My main concern was, I'm bigger than a guinea pig. Wow. Though the animals always survived, I had no way of knowing what the long-term effects were, uh, since this had obviously never been done before, and they couldn't tell me how much pain they felt of Annie. And so he can't speak guinea pig. Right. Well, they didn't, like, um, if, you know, if they had visible injuries, I suppose you would know, right? I was mostly worried that my mass would be too much to jump and I'd simply fall to the floor and break my legs or neck. That's what I was picturing with the guinea pigs. Like, if he threw the guinea pigs through the portal and it didn't work, is it just going to fall to the ground and die? Yes. Or did he have them on so a string, seems. like a yo-yo? No, he didn't have them like a yo-yo. So, like, <laughs> he wasn't concerned about the three million volts of electricity that was, like, flying around in... A vortex. Yeah. Well, actually, when I think when he when he ranked uh, coast to coast, he describes at one point as like um, like a plasma tornado. Oh my god. He's worried about like 
the fall, or more so like the sudden stop at the end. Yeah. Is like sixty feet to the floor. I mean, even if you're if you get teleported to the car park, are you still going to be sixty <laughs> feet in the air? That was one of the things he was wondering. <laughs> Why didn't he have somebody in the car park watching the guinea pigs come out? Because he didn't know where. I think like he, I don't know. See that that's the like <laughs> witnesses for this is 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 where yeah kind of gets sketchy for me. But anyway, the Nexus article describes his adventure. Markham stood on the cherry picker in the Kansas City warehouse above his machine. Two cylinders and the outer one made of 24 insulated rings, the inner constructed of grounded copper mesh, act, acted as a strike point for the rotating electrical field, electric field. He looked into the four foot wide shimmering wave 60 feet off the floor and jumped. The heat signature event horizon was held in the centre of the inner cylinder with jumping into it equaling jumping through a horizontal tube. Uh, Markham said the inner cylinder was only about five feet in diameter so I risked hitting it if I panicked in midair and missed the target I'm not afraid of heights and it takes one heck of an amusement park ride to get my adrenaline pumping but that was pretty spooky <laughs> he's just an adrenaline junkie jumping into a, pretty much <laughs> an electric vortex yeah so like I think he has to jump through it sideways only from one direction that's probably who he's throwing them right it's not like he uh I don't think he, like he has to jump into it, but like he'll still fall straight down. Yeah. The problem, like you know, th- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't fancy my chances, no. especially like jumping off a cherry picker. <laughs> yeah, that's really. Yeah, that's not a good idea. Why didn't he just like I don't know come up with a backup plan in case it didn't work? I don't. Yeah. I don't. I'm so curious as to what's going to happen now. <laughs> he didn't know if he'd be fried, crushed, or pulled apart, or if he'd materialize inside a solid object, like that episode of Star Trek. Um, but Markham didn't panic he simply disappeared from my point of view it was like getting hit with a flashbang a loud crack thud and bright light where you can't uh, to where you can't see hear or walk well for several minutes but no permanent physical damage he wakes up anyway he finds himself in a field in Fairfield, Ohio he wakes up in Ohio how far away was that? he was in Kansas, Kansas City Kansas, yeah and he woke up in Ohio yeah, it's like 650 miles on the road like. <laughs> Jesus Christ <laughs> he goes the first thing I did was start walking when I could after freaking out at once I realised I was in the middle of nowhere he said I eventually ended up in a downtown Cincinnati homeless shelter since at first I couldn't even remember my own name oh Markham found a temporary job so he could leave the homeless shelter and over the next few months his memory started coming back to him so it turns out that he had woken up in two- the year 2000 two years later <laughs> Okay. Um, he says, I was hoping to be maybe five minutes ahead and up to 75 to 100 yards distance, but it ended up being a bit over two years and 800 plus miles. Well, there goes um, our theory out the window anyway. There's no way, like, if you went no. two years in the future, you'd be somewhere in space floating around. Yeah, lost in space at that point. Yeah. So, like, with his memory loss, he forgot, like, all the names of his donors the people who helped him so he couldn't like look him up and explain what happened that's and convenient he was saying, that is so is convenient convened. he was saying my main hope is that they don't think I'm dead or worse think I'm alive and the most ungrateful person on earth after all their help so like he's he's, he's still out there he, to this day he's on the go is as far as I can tell time machines uh, the last kind of saying of it was like that he was interested but looking for funding for it which oh, makes right. me go hmm. whenever I hear that I'm yeah. always a bit like um 
Give us video proof of you throwing the guinea pigs. Just make it the first. small one again. Make the small <laughs> yeah. one again. Yeah, yeah. You don't need to put yourself um, through it. <laughs> Just prove the theory. Yeah. There was like this, like a legend. Like I'm pretty sure it's like it's firmly debunked. Because in this article, he's there like I looked myself up and I had a laugh at this. There was a legend that he tried. He wanted to go back and do the experiment again. But this time, kind of go in a tube, a metal tube, with bring his phone, so he wouldn't have like even if, even if he forgot, he could be able to like remind himself, right, of right. all his information, um, and like it just disappeared. And then like that was there was a point where like he just wasn't really he was kind of off grid, um, as in he just he wasn't in the news or anything. And someone, I think the story got like faxed into Art Art Bell this case of a case from the nineteen. 19- 30s where someone had been found on a beach in a tube like a steel tube oh um like a corpse and he had something that resembled a mobile phone oh that's its own sort of thing its own mystery thing because it wasn't him (laughs) yeah that's wild In, in 2000 when when he supposedly woke up and managed to get back to his warehouse everything was gone he hadn't been there for two years yeah i mean yeah you know so it's like everything vanished um, which is kind of oddly convenient for yeah. a sceptical view, you know. But yeah, he was still looking um, con- fun and to continue his experiment. I was on like a forum uh, today, like looking at stuff, and there is someone like at least posting under his name. Oh, really? Okay. But kind of not really given any major information. There's also a Facebook account that gets linked to. I'm not sure if it's the same person. Right, right. Um, the like no one has confirmed anything really, as far as I can tell. I feel like this is an alternate universe Oshin who was born in like Florida <laughs> or something. Is Florida man Oshin? I th- I feel like if you were a Florida man, this is the kind of one you'd turn out to be. And then I think like so, yeah. you would you'd promise people time travel and then when they start paying you money and you're not able to re- recreate it, you'd fake <laughs> the time travel oh, yeah, yeah, just yeah. to avoid 100%. the o- o- anxiety of telling them you failed. That would be it. It wouldn't even be like uh it'd just be just it's not malicious. It's just I don't want to do this. <laughs> yeah. That would be it. Yeah. His take on it uh, in that article is that like he actually traveled through hyperspace like a fifth dimension where it would be both um, space and time. There's also, like, there's no evidence, really, other than That's what bothers me the most. At different times. Yeah. Like, even and if like, there was one other person who gave an account of it, I'd be way more inclined to believe it. But just the fact that it's only him who's witnessed it, I'm like, hmm. Yeah. Very convenient, like, buddy. I, I Like, you know, I was reading art, and it's like, supposedly there's, like, up to 30 witnesses who are, like, maybe people backing him, but, like, no one has come forward. Yeah, no it. way. If I saw someone getting time-traveled, or a cat, or a guinea pig, or even just a screw, I'd be I'd be talking about it. Wouldn't yeah. be keeping it to myself. Um, uh, if you know anything about this and want to, like, blow the case wide open, like, email us, Paranormal Hotline Podcast. <laughs> email us the blueprints. We're going to recreate yeah, uh, it. Uh, oh, I actually have uh, a diagram to show you, but uh, I think it's nonsense. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, I'm just putting that out there. That's Ashin's conclusion for this week. Well, this diagram is anyway. Oh, what is this? This is like something I would draw, uh, like fake schematics for like a ghost catching machine or something. Now the bit that gets me Quartz, right it goes free block. energy. Uh, anything that says free energy, that's red flags for me. Like alar- free alarm energy and no yeah. moving parts. Yeah. Like no moving parts. Okay, it's electronic. Uh, maybe. Yeah. But like. Uh, free energy, I just yeah. I don't understand what it means by free energy. Ah, uh, it's one of these like there's no, I don't know. Looking at this diagram, there doesn't seem to be any like power in 
It's like one of these ones where like it gets the power from uh, some other dimension. It's, it's this whole free energy thing. That I don't know if it is though because I mean 20,000 homes lost their energy or their power because of this thing so it can't, it can't be free energy. <laughs> That's very expensive energy. Yeah. Um, I think this is maybe a separate drawing that he might have done or someone has done and attributed to him or... Maybe. I don't know. It, it, it's just... It, this is like the whole free energy pyramids thing going on I don't like it I love that he t- tried to make a time travel machine in his <laughs> in his uh, porch yeah 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 I love yeah, that uh, that motivation that he had you know <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm, I'm here for it yeah you know I, I'm all here for it um, yeah I don't know I, the whole also yeah the whole kind of I know he didn't specifically ask for money but then he got money yeah it's kind of like I think I think it would be reason for someone now if he like you know if he's like the man himself is taking a break from all this and he's kind of you know, I have enough people messaging me and I don't want to deal with him anymore and someone else was to take his name and go hey you guys I want to make a time machine I yeah. need money for it yeah that's true um, that's a good way to get money off people who are fooled um, I'm not saying that's the case I'm not saying that that's what he was ever doing but I'm saying if you wanted to make money off people it's a yeah. good way to do it. I just also think that he could have just recreated the original device with like minimal effort if he'd done it already. Yeah, that's true. The first one was like an accident, so he could easily make that again and have like I, a tiny little portal. Yeah, like it was when he was going for a camcorder in the interview he was saying, that's when it caught fire. Oh, convenient. <laughs> but like just at that remake point, if you're, the if small you're, one. Yeah, yeah, that's what I don't get. Um, I don't know what traveling to the future would be any good for anyway. I have no idea. Can't go back. Yeah. Other than just, like, pure curiosity, but uh, I think, (laughs) I don't know, the way things are going, does the future really look that bright? (laughs) No. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) It's uh, That's all we have time for. (laughs) That's all we have time for. If you like the podcast, suggest this to your friends and family. We'd appreciate that. If you have any personal ghost stories that you'd like us to read on the podcast, send them in to us at paranormalhotlinepodcast at gmail.com. Or if you have any stories that you'd like us to cover or feature, send us an email or shoot us a message on any of our social media and we'll get back to you about them. So thanks for listening and until next week, if not sooner, bye. Bye.